you, yeah, you, with the skinny arms and toothpick legs. You are probably wondering how you can turn your athletic life around, and we have the answer. Electrum performance is the only way. Use the code OpenGuardCast25 to get the girl of your dreams and the health you've been after. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, uh, Siri, for that Electrum performance ad. I am Jake Watts, and I'm joined by Danny O'Donnell. And today we are joined by up-and-coming, I mean, to be honest, at this point, Nogi Superstar have been absolutely destroying the scene. It's been a pleasure to watch. Elizabeth Clay, fresh off of training. Thank you for joining us, Elizabeth. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's so funny. We uh, actually I found out who uh, who sent that question to your Instagram. Uh, it was it was a student who hasn't been at the gym in a long while. Shout out to Sam Levi. He's like, you should go and open at Open Guardcast, and he he messaged me. He's like, did I overstep my boundaries? I'm like, no, said, of course not. <laughs> we we definitely want her on the show. We just didn't know how to ask. So thank you, Sam Levi. Um, but yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. I'm like looking. I was joking with Danny, looking at your Instagram. You have more medals in these five huge gigantic tournaments than I think I've acquired in the past year. So good job on that. <laughs> thank you. Uh. But yeah, we, we like to just kind of get to the bottom of, you know, break athletes down as human beings. And yeah, you're out there crushing uh, ACLs and tearing feet off, but also there's there's more to it. So Danny, uh, Danny has some questions and so do I that we'd like to just kind of do like a little interview. So uh, like Jake mentioned, you've been like beating a lot of high level black belts recently, but do you want to just start off talking about like how you got into jiu-jitsu and martial arts? So I was a gymnast for like 10 years. I started training at, I think I was like 18 months. So I was really little. I grew up in a competitive. <laughs> Uh-oh. We lost, uh, we lost her. But it's funny that the, where, where the house, face is. Oh, okay. Sorry, Sorry we right lost you for Bro, a second. You, we yeah. lost you for just You're a sec. You're back. <laughs> Your face froze oh, like this. You were so, like, <laughs> yeah, it just froze. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, could, um, uh, repeat your answer real quick. Yeah. So I started gymnastics at 18 months, and I did gym- gymnastics for about 10 years. All my older siblings were elite gymnasts, and I quit gymnastics. I was probably around, like, 11, and I needed another sport to do. My older brother was like, oh, I want to try MMA. He never tried it, but I decided to, like, give – to a try. It was between, I don't know, jujitsu, figure skating, and and I really wanted to do figure skating. I didn't want to do jujitsu. I was like, nah, but like I'll give it a try. I gave it one try, and I was like, no, this is what I'm gonna do. Like I'm, I'm okay. I don't want to do the diving or the figure skating. And then it just, it went from there. Like I immediately started training five days a week, and I was, I was hooked immediately. Wow. So you've done like every corner type of sport. Like you went from gymnastics all the way left to figure skating and then way back the other way to jujitsu. Dang, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a figure skating. I don't know any, like I've never even heard of like a figure skating league or like practice <laughs> or nothing like that here in Arizona. I, ne- I never did figure skating, but I wanted to. And I was like, oh, like maybe I'll give that a try. And then I did jujitsu and I was like, oh, I'm okay. Because to me, like diving and figure skating are like the two closest things to jujitsu or uh, gymnastics that I could get. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, it's you know, it's funny, Danny. We interviewed uh, Connor Donaldson last week for our last, and he was a gymnast too. I wonder how many like 
former gymnasts start jujitsu? Because that's like that's got to be a pretty interesting like realm of strength that is really good to apply. Yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about like what the transition was like from gymnastics to jujitsu? Like, do you feel like there's a lot of stuff that like physically or maybe just your work ethic with gymnastics that transferred really easily to jujitsu? No, it definitely did. Like the flexibility, the body awareness. Like a lot of people start jujitsu and they don't know how to move their body or or anything. And starting out, like I already knew how to move my body. Like I'd been doing it for a long time. I was flexible. It was there were some things that were kind of like that were different as far as like what you were going to be doing with your body. Um, so that was hard in some aspects, like, Hey, we're going to focus on this technique instead of like, like gymnastics. Yeah. You have the technique and whatever, but it, there's a lot of strength involved and jujitsu. Like as you climb up higher, you start to realize there's still a lot of strength involved. But when you first start training, everyone's like, Oh, don't use your strength. Don't this, don't that. And that's not really how it is. You use a lot of strength in jujitsu too. Um, but the worth work ethic side was always really, I think helped me a lot because I had no issue like jumping in immediately and training. In fact, I would always complain that I wasn't getting enough training. And that was like, like, like I would work out, I would get to the gym early and I would like work out before class. And then I would do the class and then I would work out after class at like 12 years old. And every, all the adults in the gym, they're like, you're such an overachiever. You're like, I'm actually underachieving by gymnastic yeah. standards. So, <laughs> Like, I'm exactly. not even breathing heavy, Jeff. <laughs> uh, okay, so in my that's, that's crazy to hear. In my experience, I couldn't um, – I talk about this on the show a lot. When I was, like, 14 in, in high school, I couldn't, like, lift the bar. I was so weak. But um, – I also couldn't climb a rope. I tried to climb a rope at Carlson Gracie <laughs> here on – it's in Arizona. It's on Lindsay and Warner. They have a rope. Like, in the All right, Jake, it's your turn. Rope. Climb the rope. No, dude, for real. Like, I feel like I am the weakest top 10 black belt in the whole world pad for pad. Like, I got to – I can't – I'm so weak. And um, I, <laughs> I wonder if I want to, like, start, like, maybe doing some gymnastics stuff or something because I – every one of those guys are strong. Like, Connor Donaldson is probably stronger than me, and he's lightweight. And I know for a fact Elizabeth Clay is stronger than me. I can see it. I have seen her compete. I don't want to. I don't want to fight her. Uh, I'll fight. I'll fight friggin' Bouchesha before I fight Elizabeth Clay. Uh, <laughs> no, but – um. Man, I, 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 it's very, very interesting that you started gymnastics. And you've been, I mean, talk about how you've been feeling on the scene recently. Because, I mean, recently you've been beating uh, Luisa Montero. You had some an awesome match with um, Maggie Grindotti. Yes, yes, Maggie Grindotti. And then uh, Ken, uh, Kendall Roosing as well. So you've been just killing it. And now, are is the match with Gabby Garcia confirmed? Is it just kind of speculative at this point? Or... She's already accepted it. We just don't have a date yet. Ooh. Where is that going to happen at? Is that going to happen, like, who's number one? Are you guys going to make it happen, like, probably not I want third it to happen in, in September. So it'll be it'll be a, a fight, to, either a who's number one or fight to win. And it'll be probably sometime in September. They asked me about August, but right now, like, I've had four fights since June. So I've been fighting basically back-to-back. And I went from dropping to 150 for fighting Chelsea Leon and then the, literally the next week was fighting Kendall at open weight and then going fighting Louisa was back down to one, 155 and then fighting Maggie was 160 and it's just been like every two to three weeks I've just been fighting 
And my body right now, especially fighting Gabby, I need like a little bit of a break. And that's what I, I told Seth. Seth's like, hey, what do you think about these dates? And I was like, I need a break. I'll fight in, in September. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Okay. I just realized this. You're like beating all the top like black belts wives. Like Gustavo <laughs> Batista's wife, Luisa, like beat her. And then Cyborg's wife, you're like, who's next? I gotta look, I gotta I gotta go and research what um who's next. <laughs> Poor husbands are like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just like comforting her. Yeah, if she did that to she did the cyborg's wife too, don't worry. <laughs> I think it's kinda had that realization. It's kinda crazy too how it's like all across different weight classes because like ADCC mm. only has like the few weight classes. So do you feel like is it kind of a challenge to get like the nogi super fights that you want? Because I'm guessing that mostly girls who specialize in nogi or who like compete nogi regularly, they're probably trying to stay around like their ADCC weights. Yeah, so it, it's hard because ADCC you only have two weight classes. So yeah. ADCC you have under Sucks. 60 kilos, and you have over 60 kilos, and I've done both weight classes. So, but it's just cutting this to 60 doesn't work. So right now, like I've been kind of bouncing around the weight classes a little bit. But coming up is, is ADCC gets closer because I'll be competing the heavier weight class. I'm only going to be taking fights that are heavier just because it doesn't make sense for me to get, be getting ready to fight the over 60 kilos and then be dropping down. Even if I'm only dropping a couple pounds, like for the Maggie fight, I was still eating candy before I went to fight. <laughs> like that's not, I wasn't really dropping weight for that fight, but even to just have like the thought process of being like, okay, like, I need to be careful with my lifting or be careful that I'm not going to be just a little heavy. Like, that's time that I'm either staying at the same weight and strength and I'm not getting stronger and I'm not, like, able to add to it. And it just doesn't make sense with ADCC coming up to be taking yeah. any time away from getting stronger. Do you think okay. there's any chance they add a third weight class for 2021? I don't think for 2021 they do. Uh, Mo already talked about it that he, I, I think he did, that he was wanting to add another one for 2021, but that basically it just wasn't going to happen this time. That you know it's got to go through a number of chains, and I understand that. Like it's not like one person that makes a decision. There's a whole, a whole thing it has to go through. Yeah. Um, I don't think for 2021 it'll happen. I'm hoping 2023 they'll add at least a third weight class because it, it's crazy to have someone. You could be 140 and have to do the over 60 kilos because you have to weigh in three days in a row for ADCC. So you have to actually be that weight or cut weight every single day. Which, which is just really hard. <laughs> exactly. So it that's, that's crazy to have someone that's 140 or 150 fighting someone that's 200 plus pounds. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I was just yeah. going to say, if you're the alternate for the weight class too, you have to cut that weight and maybe not even fight. So that's just yeah. like, uh, I don't know. That's, it's definitely crazy. What were you going to say, Danny? I was going to say it's kind of messed up. They don't even have at least four weight classes because, like, yeah. the, you f I feel like maybe they the argument against it is, like, there's not enough girls that would sign up. But they're not going to sign up if they know they're going to have to either cut a bunch of weight every single day or if they're going to be 30 pounds underweight for their first-round matchup. So, like, I feel like you kind of need to expand it for it to grow in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't compete for that reason, that there aren't enough weight classes. Yeah. Because you think about it like, okay, granted, it's still not fair for a 100-pound person to fight somebody that's 130. But the weight difference there is less between hardly any girls are under 100 pounds. There are some. There are some that walk around like 90. But none are lighter than that, really. 
So let's say you have that. Okay, so they fight up to 132, but then you have all the other girls. They fight 132 and up. They could fight someone that's 250 pounds if they sign up. Like, there's no cap. No cap. We are not capping. And like you said, you could you could legit be 140 and lean, not be able to lose any weight, and you're fighting Gabby Garcia. <laughs> yeah, True. exactly. Yeah, and that was a point I was going to bring up earlier was, like, I wonder how many people don't sign up because of the weight discrepancy. Like, if you open – I feel like – I mean, it sucks, but what if you just had, like, even at the trials and just been like, okay, cool, let's see how many people sign up at all these weight classes for the trials. If no one signs up, keep the weight classes the same for the finals. But if everybody signs up, then you know, okay, now we have people for all these weight classes. I know that it's kind of like, I mean, ADCC is probably a very expensive organization. Um, and you, I mean, there's a chance that you won't yield the financial result, but there's also a chance that you do. So I think it's a, it's a risk that um, the board might be, have to be willing to take. But I actually have a question. And I noticed this. You've been competing a lot of like fight to win rules, sub only matches. How did your game plan going into that? different than going into like an ADCC rule set because I mean you have a very good guard and you have a very uh, good system of leg entries does that change with the rule about like losing points of pulling guard and you have to work more on wrestling for ADCC um the latter half of the match it would change it so the first half of the match not really um but once points are involved then obviously that would change it and then I'll wrestle more uh 2017 trials I wrestled a lot more than the last one so I I have decent wrestling I just don't use it a lot because especially after it hurt my knee I don't like wrestling a lot just because it makes me nervous to put my knee in that position again because that, that's what took me out of ADCC in 2017 was I messed up my knee wrestling training oh yeah what happened? what happened to your knee so I tore my PCL like four weeks before ADCC oh wow so so I went I won oh. won the trials at at 16 was going to compete ADCC at 17 and then like four weeks before I heard it wrestling and I kept trying to train and then one of the guys grabbed my foot and ripped up on it and so it tore it more and then I still kept trying to train until about two weeks before when it was just so like I couldn't walk right my knee people would put me in lockdown and my knee would be popping out of place oh man like it was bad but i didn't i was like i'm going to adcc you can't stop me and like my knee's so messed up to the point that like my professor like sat me down and he's like listen if you still want to go and compete like i'll support you i understand that but you should at least go see a surgeon first and like went saw the surgeon and basically he's like yeah you could go and compete but you're gonna tear your knee the rest of the way if you do that and because of the ligament that it is they only do surgery on it twice and the surgery only lasts 10 years if you're lucky. And he's like, looking at your MRIs, you'll get about five years out of each surgery. You'll be 27 with a full knee replacement. And so, yeah, at like 17, I am like have to go in and send this email to ADCC and be like, I can't compete. I'm Which, like, sure they had to have been okay, though. Like, No, I mean, they were fine. But like, I winning was the trials. Yeah, yeah it was for, much for worse you, for, you. for you. But I'm sure <laughs> that they were fine. I'm sure they weren't like, yeah. gosh, this person oh they probably weren't like that they were probably like wow okay unfortunately this 17 year old girl can't compete yeah. like they probably felt bad they probably weren't like oh now i gotta find a <laughs> replace oh you know like man first of all i actually I could, like i don't know how that slipped my mind i remember you're not you're not like 20 are you even 20 are you 19 or 20 i i, I turned 20 in june you turned 20 in june so you're competing yeah 
My goodness. So you're going to do the trials now, and now they really have to fear you because you're no longer a teenager. Now you're an adult. So <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. 16 year old winning the trials. That's like uh, when I was 16, I was not. <laughs> when I was 16, I was in high school. I was focusing on becoming a news anchor. That's cool. That's uh, <laughs> That's great. Now I feel I feel less significant about my jiu-jitsu career. Danny, save me. <laughs> Did you end up having the surgery on your knee? No, the surgeon refused to do it because it just because you only get so many, you only get those two surgeries. So I'm glad. Like I went to a guy who specializes in athletes, and he's like a normal person. Like yeah, you'd go in, you fix the knee, no big deal. You get about ten years out of each surgery, and he goes with you. It's not worth it. He goes if you tear something else in your knee. Then we'll come back. We'll do the surgery. We'll fix everything. But it doesn't make sense to go and do it. And he goes, granted, I'm not saying your knee's even going to heal. He goes, but if we do the surgery, I've ended your career. Yeah. That's and I was like, brutal. okay. Wait, so how's your knee now? Yeah, like, it did it was, heal on its own? It's pretty, it's, so the PCL keeps your knee from bending backwards. So my knee's still like, it goes back further than my other knee does. But it doesn't pop out of place. It used to just pop backwards when I would, like, walk and stuff. And then I don't have feeling in that knee. That's one thing that's funny. It's, like, people will knee bar me, and I don't have any pain in that knee. Like, I can feel it, but there's no pain. That is crazy. Uh, that that's sounds really scary, actually. incredibly problematic. That sounds like you might oh, be more is. confident in your knee flexibility than your body is. <laughs> like, what, how you do know, you I, like, I stare at it. Far? I have to look at it. I have to look at my knee. You're like, oh, it became an obtuse Just angle. Just make sure you yeah. have, like, a, a reference point for, like, when it's bent too far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I sit there, and, like, I kind of, like, look. People be, like, going to knee bar me, and I'm, like, looking at it, and I'm, like, okay, I'm still okay. Because wow. I, I, I can't. So and it feels no different. <laughs> it feels the same, like, when your leg, like, when you straighten your leg, that feels the same to me as, like, if somebody's knee barring me really hard. It feels no different. Wow. So you have to – regular people have to use pain to judge whether or not a knee bar is – you have to use trigonometry. That's cool. That's nuts. I did yeah, not know but that. That's, yeah. So that's why I don't wrestle as much just because if I wrestle a lot, like, it just makes me nervous. And also my knee will swell up the next day. So if it's for a big match and I feel like I sh want to use my wrestling, then I will. But for the most part, like – yeah, I can wrestle, I can take you down, but then I got to pass your guard, and then I got to do all this stuff, whereas I could just pull and just play guard. Okay, so going into the second half of a match, this is more of like a how you go or approach wrestling in the second half due to your knee injury. Are you a lot more passive? Because, I mean, if you are too aggressive, then you get put in situations where maybe they reshot on you and everything like that, and the single leg situation in ADCC is gigantic. Um, mm hmm do you play a more passive game just kind of looking for reshots or are you more focused on maybe like a judo centric Greco-Roman style? Um, honestly, it sounds bad. Even with, even with my knee, how it is, which is why I don't wrestle a lot because I shoot. I'm always the one that I like to hit low singles. So my knee always hits the mat and I shoot with my bad knee because I can't actually have a hard time driving off of it. So I end up shooting with that knee. So it always hits it always hits the mat, and so if I wrestle in tournaments, because in training I wear a knee sleeve, so it's not a big deal. It has padding. If I wrestle in a tournament, it's going to be swollen the next day. That Just because of how I wrestle. Yeah. Wow. So do you feel like you're 
guard game, like going for the heel hooks and like being on your back, kind of avoiding like the wrestling and maybe some of like the passing positions that would put more pressure on your knee? Do you feel like that's kind of how you developed that style was after you got your knee injury? I did. I never jumped guard. I would pull guard occasionally um, before my knee injury. Like I still would pull guard sometimes, but I definitely wrestled a lot more than I did before. And I never jumped guard before. After my knee injury, that first tournament back, I hit, it was the Atlanta Open. It was in February, a month before Pan Ams. I think I jumped guard pretty much every single match. And then the Pan Am, same thing. Like I just I started jumping a lot more guard there and playing a lot more guard. Not that I didn't play guard before, but I didn't pull guard or jump guard as much. I was like, oh, I'm going to wrestle and we're going to pass and play this game because I always like being like top heavy. And after my knee... It just made me so nervous and it just wasn't worth it to me to like, it was almost an ego thing to wrestle, especially with the guys like had like a two time all American wrestler. And so it was like an, almost like an ego thing to be like, I can wrestle and hang with you guys. And then it hit the point. And I was like, it's just not, it's not worth it. I'm just going to heel hook you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Right. Well, so recently you've been, you've been doing a lot of nogi competition and a lot of like, like I said, I looked at your Instagram and I was like, wow. There's a lot of no gi and there's a lot of gi too, but recently the scene has been like dominated by no gi tournaments. Even the Kumite series mm-hmm. Third Coast is doing, it doesn't stack up compared to the no gi scene and the professionalism that's being displayed there. Do you have plans to also approach like a, a gi world championship goal um, or to participate a lot in gi tournaments in the same manner as no gi? I noticed you do a lot of no gi, that's why I ask. Uh, I do. Right now I'm focusing on ADCC, which is why I'm not taking a lot of um, gi ones. I was thinking about trying to jump into the third coast one that they're doing in the gi, but it just doesn't make sense if I have the Gabby match coming up because I need to focus on no gi for that one and that fight specifically. That's not one that I want to like split my time 50-50. But no, I still, I compete gi pans and gi worlds every year. And so my goal is, is still to win in the gi as well as far as breakups go this is this is good though it was only it's only the second one <laughs> she's in a car mind you ladies and gentlemen audio's been good so far audio has been great and you know what you still got the sultry tones of danny o'donnell and jake watson <laughs> and let's say hey let's say the connection dies don't, don't forget our third back. guest today siri Yes, don't forget we have <laughs> Siri. I'm gonna uh, queue up another another uh, text to speech. Or on short hiatus. Of course, while we are on short hiatus, uh, no, a little little thing that I forgot. I forgot that she won at 16 years old the ADCC trials. That is insane to me. Yeah, literally, and I'm not even joking. When I was 16 years old, I was not. <laughs> I was not focused on competition. I think I had just won pans as a blue belt. So for her to win the ADCC trials as a 16-year-old is definitely – like I don't think like as many people really can think about how crazy that is, especially with only two weight classes. That means that she had a, a broader depth of competitors to have to beat. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and the other thing too is like there's a lot of competitors who are preparing for ADCC trials the whole year. You know, or maybe even their whole career if ADCC is their goal. So for someone to come in at 16 and win all of it is ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. Well, Elizabeth Clay did dip out um, just due to her connection. So we're going to call her back uh, and just see if she can 
reestablish connection to the earth and the internet. Uh, take this uh, little break from the interview to uh, go to electionperformance.com and use our discount code OpenGuardCast25 to become a thick, mean, lean, swole, smart dude. Uh, Alex Cerner, if you're listening, we love you. We think that your beard uh, being constantly trimmed is a real good idea. Alex Bryce, <laughs> uh, we love you as well. We hope you and your wife are doing well. Uh, Adam Bradley, we hope that you have not uh, regained connection with that man that you lived with. And uh, Elizabeth Clay! <laughs> My phone kicked off, sorry. That's okay. Oh, you're all good. We were just, I, was just, I was just on a stupid anecdote about uh, former guests who... We are shouting out, oh dear, my mic just did a little flimsy doodah. Uh, welcome back. I was just lamenting on the uh, the 16-year-old winning ADCC thing again. <laughs> and I was telling Danny that I, I I remember I had just, when I was 15, I won Pan Ams. And uh, I really was going to become a news anchor. But uh, eventually I found Jiu-Jitsu to be my love. Uh, we were talking about how um, you had a, I mean, a lot of people probably don't even think about how that like winning at 16 is a, is a huge deal. It is a, you're 16. You're not even a real person yet. And B <laughs> also you had the two weight classes. So you had a broader depth of women competitors to go against, mm -hmm. but I digress. We were asking you about your plans in the gi and you, uh, ended with saying that you wanted to focus fully on Gabby Garcia in that match because it's no gi. And, uh, well, that's a match you got to focus on. Yeah, exactly. So after that one, if another, like, third coast is another thing where with the 10,000, it's a tournament style, then I would 100% jump in. Um, for the next year or so, obviously, with ADCC coming up, Nogi's the focus. But after that, it'll go back to the, like, 50-50 gi and Nogi, like it normally is. So normally I do the, like, first half of the year is focused on gi, and then the second half of the year is focused on Nogi. Man, Danny, you know, I actually had a, a, a realization just now. Where, uh, where is Third Coast getting all this money? Because that is like seven $10,000 cash prizes in a row in like three two months. Like two, yeah, two a month. Yeah. I don't think I don't they're know. making that money back like, with the views. <laughs> I really don't. Um, they might have an, I don't know how uh, that an investor behind them. They might have an investor, but I hope that they don't get substars. Did you find any <laughs> yeah. substars, Elizabeth? Mm -mm. No, no. Okay. I know that they had like literally everybody that's anybody on there and i was like i don't know we're we're talking a superstar over here so <laughs> it's like did she fight on it but yeah no they they went they went uh <laughs> under because they were not paying people and I, and I know third coast does pay you third coast like totally they call you in a back room and they type on a laptop and they pay you but um man i wonder when they're gonna have to be like okay we gotta take a break from tournaments because we don't have ten thousand dollars this time <laughs> I just wonder. I don't know. I'll be I'll be checking in on that. Uh, also, they won't fly me out to commentate their event, so I'm a little salty <laughs> with that. They have what? a lot of money. They probably should. They probably if they can pay ten thousand dollars to the winner of an eight man bracket, they can pay me like not that much to commentate. I just want to do it. I want to get my name out there. Anyway, uh, Danny. So preparing for ADCC and like having that as like the main goal in your mind right now, do you feel like fight to win is like the best promotion to compete in to get prepared for it? Because I feel like IBJJF Nogi is really different than ADCC rules, obviously with like the heel hooks mm -hmm. and that's like a big part of your game. Are there other promotions that you're kind of looking to compete in as well to help prep for ADCC? Um, any of the big ones, it would be nice to get back on them. Like, honestly, I haven't been on, I've only been on fight to win and on it when on it was still a thing. There's the only ones that I've been on. So 
pretty much any of the other ones, I, I would still be interested in, like, getting on them, especially when they're uh, submission-only ones, just because it makes it more applicable when it's not IBJJF rules. Yeah. Um, but it's just, just still training, training my wrestling, but also still keeping my my guard going and not not just focusing on the legs. I feel like a lot of people think I just focus on the legs. And while that comes out a lot in tournaments, is finishes actually not a lot. Only fights win because I've hit two. Um, but like Nogi Worlds, I only hit uh, three footlocks. All the rest, all the other five were by other submissions. Ugh. So. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty interesting because like once someone starts to get a bunch of heel hooks, everyone starts to refer to that person as like a heel hook guy or girl. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because like the IBJJF people don't focus on that. So that's mm-hmm. like something that's always in like the forefront of their mind. Like I gotta watch out for the heel hooks. Whoa, Would whoa, you agree whoa. With that? What do you mean IBJJF <laughs> yeah. people? <laughs> people who you. primarily compete in the IBJJF. <laughs> anyway, yes. As well, I the... even... Go. I even had that at uh after Nogi Worlds, people were like, Man, you footlocked everyone, right? And I was like, I only hit three. Out of ten submissions, like, so I got less for luck than anything else. Put some respect on my eight submission run to a <laughs> double. Calm down, guy. I'm not a footlock person. No, but go on. No, I just, you know, it's it's important to not get overly focused on that, and I feel like it's an easy thing to do is to get overly focused on, on the feet and not transitioning back and forth between, like, the top and, and then the feet. Yeah, yeah like, because Gordon Ryan had stuff. that dilemma right mm-hmm. yeah and that, yeah. and then now he's on this freaking vision quest to prove everybody wrong and and uh pay a bunch of money but i mean that's i think that's the state of like the tournament scene right now though is that you're going to be the center of attention because that's all that's happening so yeah. you finishing a couple footlocks i mean people are just gonna be like oh she's a footlock person because you gotta keep in mind a lot of people are probably just now realizing that you are on the scene just because there was so much before like i'm not saying that you yeah. weren't doing amazing things i'm saying that like the casual fan is probably just like woo, 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 gordon 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 Gary, yeah we love him and then now they have other people to focus on because that's all that's going on you know what i mean yeah no exactly that's why the so, last one i was so happy when i hit a I hit a go-go plata. It's like, ha it wasn't a footlock. <laughs> You're right. It was something inc- way, way more complex. <laughs> so I choked you with my own foot. <laughs> this time I used my foot to choke you. So it's still a foot thing. You're still a foot person. You can't escape. <laughs> like you you tried, but you failed. <laughs> I'm going to be Got to do something else next time, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to use like an arm bar or something. But then you're using your feet to secure it. So yeah, good luck. Good always luck a foot person. One. Yeah, always a foot person. All right. <laughs> It's starting to sound a little less like jujitsu. Anyway, um, <laughs> a little, a little. We're getting a little off topic here. Calm down, Danny. Um, sorry, lost my cool. <laughs> sorry, He's, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like totally blaming him. Yeah. Um, do you have any other super like other than Third Coast? Uh, I feel like other corporations are coming back. We had like Jits King. We have we have ADCC coming up. Which are the trials in November? So only for the guys. The what? women only get all the women only get to compete the West Coast trials. They don't get to compete East Coast. Why? I because there are only eight women per bracket, not sixteen. The guys have double the amount in the bracket, and they have more divisions. I mean, ADCC needs to set their game up with the trials. Well, perhaps. I mean, for yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Well, know. hey, I think that um, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. If they have been like getting like a huge number of women that want to compete in the trials, they would probably open it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, like, I feel like there's just a bigger, I mean, there must have been, I don't know. I don't work for ADCC, but if I had to guess, I would say that they're probably, they're probably not, I don't want to say they're sexist. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what, that's not my, it's not, my it's not like there's any facts that would point to that or anything. Daniel <laughs> Donald. I'm kidding. I know they're not. I know, I'm just playing. <laughs> it's not like we have a compounding evidence to say that. Yeah. Uh, no, what I mean is like. There's got to be probably just not as many women who are consistently, uh, you hear that consistently, uh, messaging them and and wanting more compet. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just saying that there's not enough initiative from the competitors. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would. I hope there is. I want there to be just as many women's for the women, just as many divisions for the women <laughs> as there's men. I'm trying I, to prove it's sure. not sexist here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I I think it'll move that way. I think that Mo wants to move it that way, and now that Seth's involved, I think I think he will too. So, mm-hmm. I yeah, think it's to, just a matter of time. To be fair, it's probably like that for a while, and they just haven't implemented the changes that they want to make yet. That's yeah, my guess. Exactly. Because I I have heard Mo talk about wanting to get more divisions and stuff like that, but I'm guessing that like the trials were probably run by the same people before Mo got involved. So there's probably mm-hmm. a lot of moving pieces. That's true. Yeah, and man. ADCC is such like a fight to win has really done a cool job. Like a lot of people can say whatever they want about fight to win, but you can't say that event's not cool, dude. Like fight to win is a cool event. You feel like a rock star when you're on fight to win. You come out to your own song, there's lights and smoke. And then they made ADCC that cool with all that. And they invited the guy who was like, uh, I don't know, the the announcer guy who sounded super awesome too. Yeah. I don't want to say discount Bruce Buffer, but he's really, really good. (laughs) And he was like, you know, he made it super cool. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with 2021. And mm-hmm. I think that, like, I mean, as right now could affect how many people sign up. You know what I mean? Everybody's probably itching for competition. A lot of people aren't able to train exactly how they want to. So a lot of people are probably like, man, like, this, if, if there's a year I'm going to win it, like, yeah, it's this year. And I, I hate to say that, but, like, a lot of people can't train how they normally do. So a lot of people are probably going to sign up like, dude, like, this is it. This is the time. I'm going to push myself, work hard, and get out there and, and sign up. So I think we're going to see a lot of competitors. And who knows? Maybe maybe Mo does add the uh, the other women's divisions. I hope he does. And if not this year, 2023 for sure. So I'm sorry. Did you say the East Coast was in November and then the West Coast is 2021? Yeah. Okay. Do you know when in uh, 2021 the West Coast trials are? Uh, I don't think they have the dates released, but usually they're anywhere from February to April. So the East Coast trials are two months before the West Coast trials? So there is a huge benefit, just on paper, there's got to be a huge benefit to flying to New Jersey and and winning the East Coast. Doing, and doing both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, doing both. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you win East Coast, you don't really... What if you just win both? Just ruin it for someone? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just going to ruin just someone. Just be a jerk. Game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to fly to every trial, so I'm the only guy in my division at ADCC. It'd be, it'd be really bad if they had the women's and you won both, because then it's like, now there's only seven women in the division. They should just it would be kind of funny, though. It would be, it would, it would be funny. <laughs> like, I hate, like, I hate Elizabeth Clay. She ruined my tournament. <laughs> I'm like, I, not only am I going to take up the other spot, but I get two sides, so I get to fight both sides of the bracket. Dang, and you you just move. Well, I think the smart thing would just be like whoever would have been your first round opponent, you just get a bye if that happened. Because yeah. then you just don't even have to fight the first round. You just go straight to the quarterfinal. Dude, do that. 
That's smart. Nope. That's smart. That is, that, is, that is... And mention us. We're going to send you an open guard cast <laughs> sticker you're going to put on your Hydro Flask and hold it up and just be like, yeah, put on their podcast. Okay. And they, yeah, shameless self-promotion. Um, well, that's, that's like really interesting. I feel like you should probably have the East Coast and West Coast a little closer because that's like... That's a huge advantage for the East Coast competitors to be able to like prepare physically and then see who won the West Coast. I don't know from from a competitive standpoint, that's got to be kind of an advantage. What would you say, Elizabeth? But all of them are spread out like that. So even the ones like they when they have them in Asia and everything, they span for like months between different ones because they have to set everything up. So it all depends on which one you compete to like how much time you have. Because I know some of the other trials are the i don't even think the west coast are like the latest ones i think some of the other ones overseas are even like later in the year oh yeah that's true didn't craig jones win the uh he won like the australia was it the australian trials or the european trials he went to like he went to like some some one of those trials that like with his first year going he won, I think I don't want to say the Oceana, but he won one of those trials. No, that is one of them. I was gonna say that too. I was yeah, like, the Oceana like an trials. idiot saying this. <laughs> no, the Oceana trials are like I don't even know what area of the world that's in. I don't know who even lives in that region. Uh, all I know is I've been hacked somewhere. in a video game. I've been hacked in a video game by someone from Oceana, and I'm like, what is that, dude? Is that the lost city of Atlantis? This guy's hacking me from. Um, man. Okay, so if the trials are going to spread until 2021, I know it's no. Is it? like november 2021 the adcc is going to be usually it's in like september yeah, okay like 2019 was in september okay yeah. so that means, yeah they have a lot of time then to do to do the uh the trials especially if this one i mean the east coast is going to be november of this year a full year before adcc dude that's a long time no wonder those guys look so jacked <laughs> muhammad ali last tournament i was looking up film that guy's gigantic didn't look real no it was an action figure everybody does the girls look fierce they got like their crazy braids in and you have like your orange hair sometimes i was talking to daddy i was like orange hair dude it's like fire it was intimidating now it's blonde it's not as intimidating but it was before are you bringing back the orange hair for adcc i don't know i've had someone i've pretty much had every color of hair i haven't had i've never done green and like i've never done like yellow or anything like that what about red? I've had red hair. I've had blue hair. I've had pink hair. I've had purple. I've had like basically every color. Hmm. I don't know why we got on this topic. But <laughs> I was trying to direct it towards you should get open guard cast colored hair. More shameless self-promotion. Um, I'm just super excited for ADCC. This is going to be a super cool event. Like I've just been studying a lot of uh, a lot of film lately and like looking back and seeing it and just – now that it's like almost next year and we've been dealing with the pandemic and no tournaments and only like third coast and fight to win to be able to have like an, another concrete event. And what's going to be, I mean, have you, have you seen like all the stuff Mo's been posting about the, the oh, yeah, venue it's, it, and everything? It's going to be huge. Well, I'm excited because for ADCC it's in Vegas. I'll actually have just turned 21. Oh snap. Are you serious? You can't party. I'll have just turned though. 21. Oh, after you win ADCC, you're going to get a, you're, oh, you're you're gonna you're gonna be adorably getting cute, like freaking drunk off of one mic time. <laughs> oh, that's sick. That's cool. I remember when I was 21. Yeah, it was, was like, like what, like nine months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I was uh, I was 20. I turned 21 the week before Nogi Worlds 20 a ooh, 2019? No, 2018. I turned 21 and I celebrated my 21st birthday. Uh, and then the week later, I got second. I would have won if I didn't celebrate. <laughs> so dumb. I celebrated too soon. I celebrated too soon, dude. I had a freaking... Too many Mike's before no game. <laughs> no, I had a freaking IPA, and I got drunk off of one. It was stupid. I was empty stomach. Okay, quick tip, Elizabeth Clay, from 22-year-old and a... How old do you think Katie is? How old do you think that man is, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. Just I refuse to guess ages. No, no one's ever gotten it right, so... No one has ever gotten it right. You probably last don't week, feel bad if you don't. Last week, Connor Donaldson said 21... That man is 31 years old. No way. Way. Yeah. It's crazy, huh? He looks great. Yeah. Looks great <laughs> genetics, good skin, nice hairline. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't drink on an empty stomach when you win ADCC. Don't do it. Don't listen to anybody. I'll make, I'll make sure to eat food you first. To eat. You need to eat pasta because it's going to absorb it. You need to fill yourself. Like, it's just carbs. And then just have a just have fun. Then don't listen to anything anybody says. If somebody says don't drink that, just drink it. Who cares? <laughs> just drink it. Make sure you're with somebody responsible so you're not in danger. There we go. That's it. That's all I gotta do. Perfect. So since yeah, I was thinking the... about, I was like, yes, I'll be 21. Yeah, you're like perfect, perfect location for it. <laughs> yeah, right. So since we're on the topic of your age, do you feel like there was like a moment when you were before you were 16, or you know maybe after, where you like really dove into jiu-jitsu and felt like it was going to be your career? Because I feel like it's even being 16 is like a really early age to make like a big career decision. Uh, so I gave up a scholarship when I was 15, 16, 14, either 14 or 15. I gave up a, a scholarship. So at that point, I knew because I was I was between going to medical school and jujitsu and I had the scholarship and everything and I was like okay I'm not going to medical school so at that point I was full-time because I graduated high school at 16. Oh wow. So yeah. Doing what on like an accelerated program or something? I so I was homeschooled so I I decided to like I was like okay I'm gonna because I was gonna graduate at 15 and I decided to actually like drag it out because I could have graduated 15 so I dragged it out a little bit and then I was like, okay, like, I'm going to wait like a couple more years. Like I'll graduate like on time. I'm not going to graduate early. And then I was getting ready for, I was like, okay, I'm going to do ADCC trials next year. And I was like, well, my career is going to start picking up. Like, I don't want to have to be worrying about like doing school and everything like that, as well as training. So I just, for like six months, I did like two and a half years in six months. And I just did like, got up six in the morning, went and trained I would do school, I would nap, I would do the the 12 o'clock class, and then I would do more school, and I just, I was like, okay, hey, I'm done with this, and graduated early, and just so that I could focus on my career. So, no, I decided, like, really young that I was, that this was it. Dang. That must have been tough, too, because obviously going to medical school and being a doctor, like, that gives you a certain type of future. Like, th there's an expectation, like, you're a doctor, you're going to make good money, you know, you can raise a family on that kind of salary, but jujitsu was like yeah. such an unknown, especially like even five years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like you weren't making money. It was, it was that thing that it was like, oh, that's so cute. Like you think you're going to have a career <laughs> in that. And they're like, when you, when you hit like 18 or 19, like you'll realize like, okay, like I have to actually focus on stuff. And like, I even got told that they're like, oh, like people would be like, oh, that's so nice that you think that. And I'm like, eh, no. <laughs> and you know, that sounds fake doesn't it like it almost sounds like that conversation doesn't actually happen but it does and that's mm -hmm. like so dumb yeah. like people who do that 
need to get put in a choke or something like that. You need Seriously? to footlock those people because I I had those conversations. Did you have those conversations, Danny, when like like somebody was like, hey, you're going to start up a, a podcast? No, I'm super old, so like I started jiu-jitsu later and got into podcasting later, so I kind of like was already on a specific career path. So no one ever really told me not to get into finance. <laughs> well, well, that's that's definitely I forget. See, yeah. I forgot just now. But uh, no, I had the same conversation, and it was like people were telling me like I need to go get a business degree or I need to mm-hmm. yeah all go the to time. College. I, all you know, the time. I still row, get it. You know how many semesters in a row I faked signing up for for CGCC? <laughs> for business I, I, classes. I literally like I would be like, oh, I forgot. My mom would be like, okay, next semester you need to sign up for classes. <laughs> then I would just be like conveniently finding t- – like, oh, man, there's a tournament this day. That's a service <laughs> event. Yo, know, crazy. I got – mom, I got to go to California for the freaking Orange County Open. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then I would go and then I'd come back. Oh, no. That sucked. And then eventually they got it. They're like, okay, you're not going to go to college. So, yeah, I didn't luckily, even go to college. Yeah, no, mine was never my family though, luckily. Oh. But, like, even, like, my professor, he'd be like – Hey, not, not Cachino and, and Samir, my professor back in Alaska, he'd be like, Hey, like you need to go to college, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, and I'm like, cause I graduated 16. I'm like, I'm not even normal college age yet. Like mm-hmm. relax. Besides I've already turned down a scholarship. Like I'm not going to turn down a scholarship and then go pay to go to college. Yeah. And crazy. then hey, yeah, he said, Hey, you need to go to college, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, actually like I've already talked to people about it because I was like, Oh, maybe like I'll, I'll, I'll take the scholarship. I'll go to school, whatever. But if you get a degree and it just sits there, it actually looks bad when they're going to hire you if you never used it. It looks worse if you had it sitting there than if I went and got it later. So I was like, that makes no sense for me to go get a degree, take time away from training, and then it not do me any good if I want to go and use it. Yeah. But like years all the time. Yeah, I, I can imagine because I feel like most people think that if you get a business degree, like, oh, you're going to open a school so you'll know how to run your school better. But it's like you're probably better off literally just like going to different schools and seeing how they operate and kind of learning mm-hmm. that way versus like learning about business law and learning all this stuff that doesn't even apply to a jiu-jitsu school. Yeah, That's no, true. I agree. I wonder – and like nowadays for something like running a business, you could probably – look it up and like take like, <laughs> on <some> youtube extra video it's like a five hour long video no but um i meant like you could you could like confer with other people who have done that i don't know make friends and then on top of that <laughs> build a network around your, your you profession yourself of course well i don't know if you're being sarcastic but uh <laughs> i'm not good at reading people danny <laughs> or reading in general but uh <laughs> You could probably like learn from people like other people who have been in the jujitsu business for a while and then open it yourself. And like, I, I don't know, I, I don't feel like I'm going to be any less a good business owner or any less viable for my future without a college degree, just like specifically for jujitsu and the stuff that I'm going to be doing. Like me, extracurricularly is going to be like commentating and like, I don't know, journalism and stuff like that after my career is over. Uh, and also running and owning an academy. Do you have any plans after your career to like open an academy? Yeah, I probably will either that or just like traveling and teaching seminars. Cause if I can get away with that, then I'm, I have the freedom and I don't have to deal. There's so much, there's so much drama. that goes into do so much drama that goes into running an academy. And it's so much more like, I feel like a lot of people, they go, Oh, I just, I like teaching jujitsu. And I go, no, 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 no. 
You have to deal with parents complaining, people not wanting Mm -hmm. to pay, taking payments, like the taxes, that side of it. Like everyone's upset at some point. Like somebody's going to be upset at you every day for Mm -hmm. some different reason. Like there's a lot that goes into it. And at some point I probably will own a school, but it'll be in the future. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Yeah, I think as the sport grows, though, like you said, with the seminar thing, I think that'll be more of like a viable option where mm-hmm. top competitors who had like really good results or whatever, they're able to travel and just do seminars and they don't have to open a school just to make a living. At least I hope yeah. so. Oh, yeah. You Fingers hear about the, you hear about these create like these bushesha. Like I, I have no idea how much a bushesha seminar would cost a school. But those like they people will definitely pay that. You know what I mean? Like I saw there was like so I don't remember I don't remember who it was, but like say like eighty dollars a ticket for a seminar that had like a hundred people at it. Like dude, like that is insane that people like that's what pays that specific athlete. You know what I mean? Like how much is what is a hundred times eighty? Freaking 8, Oh, <laughs> see. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I'm just don't don't. You know, this guy with a finance degree. Look, he's making me feel all bad. Sorry, I'm sorry. whatever. Ask me a jujitsu question, Danny. Oh wait, he's a black belt too. Never. I'm so upset now. Yeah, no. The, I think that's another thing though too. That's a good point that you made. Is like I feel not every high level jujitsu person has to go that route now where they have to open an academy. Um, because I feel like even like five years ago, ten years ago, that's like what everyone said. Like if they, oh, they were yeah. going to have their su- successful competition results and then they were just going to like parlay that into an academy. But hopefully that's not like where people are being pigeonholed nowadays and things open up. I don't I don't think it's going to be like just how much has changed in the last like five years just from when I started. Like I've only been training for eight years. Um, so but just how much has changed in that that time is is crazy. Like, just as far as, like, pay and then just things growing. So, just seeing where it'll be in another even five years, I think, will be it'll be a lot more. Do you think social media is, like, a big part of helping that cause, too, where, like, you don't have to have a business? You can just kind of promote yourself and make money through all your social media platforms? No, completely. And s- social media now is – it's a love and a hate. Like, it, it's great. You can promote yourself and, and, and everything, but it's to the point that – almost how many followers you have is almost more important than what you're winning now. And because it's as far as like sponsorships go and stuff, because it's, and I understand it from a business perspective because it's how many people can you influence? Like how many people can you get to buy my product, whatever, whatever, because it's upping their sales. Um, but it kind of sucks. Cause it's like, I can't just sit back and be an athlete and go win things. Like I have to post constantly. I have to make sure I'm taking pictures. I have to make sure I'm posting videos of what I am showing. I have to make sure I'm, and not only now do I have to like post once a day, I have to be on my stories and be posting. I have to always be interacting with my, with not fans, but people that follow me. I always have like constantly. So it's great in the aspect that it gives you a way to market yourself, but it sucks almost in the fact that now, now you have to. And if you don't like how many, there are black belts that win worlds that people, you go ask someone and they go, I don't know who that is. And just because they aren't good at marketing themselves. And so in some aspects, it's great. And in other aspects, like it sucks to have to do it. Yeah, that's a I mean, that's a lot. Like if someone told me I had to post on my personal Instagram page once a day, that would 
that would not make me happy. <laughs> like that, I'm sure wears on you after like years and years of doing that. But you'd get used mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Because sure. eventually, like, it's just like, I mean, it is, it sucks, especially when like you're not competing and then you kind of have to like make your own content. Because I mean, like, if you can like have a, tur- a picture from a tournament, that's a, that's like, the tournament season is like easy posting. Easy. Because you, man, you could just take a picture from a tournament, and, like, add some quote. Like, boom, inspired. You know what I mean? Um, it Like, recently, like, for instance, I've been trying to, like, be a little more, like, giving lessons and, like, sharing a bits and pieces of my life so that people can hopefully learn from it. Um, but, like, I don't – I'm not, like, a freaking sage. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just – I'm not, like, a, like a, you know, a deep chest full of information. I'm just giving, like, little bits of information. I haven't been competing. I have no pictures. Like <laughs> – I'm just waiting for like stuff to happen in my life that I can just talk about at this point. So I'm posting like, I don't know, twice a week, but you post every day, every day, every yeah. single day. You're following the Gary V school of applied. I was just going to say, if, <laughs> ask you if you watched that video he did on jujitsu, I think it was with Kendall Rusing, right? Jake, did you see it? Yes. Kendall was the one that talked to Gary V and he probably cursed a lot. I would have to guess. Yeah. He was just giving tips on like how he would market himself. If he were you a jujitsu person, black belt, off the mat, just like on the mat. <laughs> no, yeah, in, in that voice. <laughs> it's it's enough. Like I have like draft photos that I'll like I'll go through and like I'll go through and just take a bunch of different photos, and then I'll put them up in the drafts because then I can just go through and like they're already everything's even if there isn't a caption there I can go through and I just go okay I'm gonna post this one today click it like add a caption or whatever because then it's easier. Um, but yeah, I try, I try to post every single day, which is, you get used to it, but it was rough when everything was closed down and I'm like, I'm in my house all the time. <laughs> like, I don't have, oh, post about what you're doing. Well, right now I'm depressed and I'm sad and I'm grumpy and I'm working out. I'm do, like running six miles every day and I'm lifting and I'm doing everything to keep my mind busy. But I'm like that. That's not something people want to hear about. 800 likes. Yeah. <laughs> people are going to be like, yes, Queen Slay. Me too. Depression. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> I'm super depressed. I was depressed. Dude, it was so bad. Danny pulled dude. me out of the dirt. He's a good, a good friend. Depressed, yeah. He was just like, listen, dude, I feel the same. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, he's my friend. And then I got choked by Gabriel R. Just didn't help. I'll be honest. Did not help. Whatever. So do you have any advice for like someone who's maybe like 16 or 17 right now? They're kind of like between high school and college. They are really good at jujitsu, but they're not sure if they want to like dive full time into it. Do you have any like any tips or advice that you kind of wish you would have done when you were that age? You just have to decide like which one you want because it's it's hard. And there are obviously people that do it. Like there are people that still go to college and, and are phenomenal at jujitsu and win. So I'm not going to say that you can't do it. But I feel like for the majority of people, when you try and split your time, like you're never going to be the best at everything. And so I feel like even if if you need to, okay, like go take a year, go to college, figure something out. But you need to figure out where you're going to spend all your time and energy, because like it's both are both take up all your time going to college. If you're going to get like a 4.0 and everything, which if you're going to go to college, you should be trying to do that unless you're just going to be stupid. Uh, <laughs> you know, Agreed. like you can still do jujitsu and, and have fun and go to college, but you're only really going to have one that you're going to be able to put everything into. 
so you have to decide which one you want to do and both of them are are a leap but you have to think like which one am I gonna regret if I don't do this yeah like like in five years think how you're gonna look back like which one are you gonna regret like okay I'm gonna take the safe option I'm gonna go to college I'm gonna whatever college doesn't always work out for everyone granted there are a lot of people that try to be an athlete that don't make it um but you just have to think about which one you're gonna regret like are you gonna regret not going to college or are you gonna regret not giving it your all and trying for a couple years to and struggling and being an athlete because there's a lot of struggle that goes with being an athlete that people don't see and it's not easy but you have to just think about which one's more important to you yeah I feel like I don't know it's just my personal opinion but I think if someone's around that age that they're good at jiu-jitsu and they actually have a chance of getting good results and like doing it full-time I think they should probably go for it because if they fail they're probably still going to be in their 20s like and they probably developed a really good work ethic like even through jiu-jitsu they learn like how to study and how to learn things mm-hmm. whereas like if you go into business and you're like oh shit it's I'm 27 now and I want to do jiu-jitsu full-time it's like well I mean, you can yeah. do it at, like, the master's level, but you're probably not going to be, like, an elite adult competitor. Well, and college is always there. It doesn't yeah, go away. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can be a 42-year-old dude and decide you want to go back to college. That's not, That sounds like a joke, Danny Dalton. But, but yeah, that's uh, that's actually – that's real. It's totally real. I know people who are have done that, and they've, like, gotten their degree, and then they do that career, and that's, like, their – new dream and it's kind of cool because you're like oh wow like they just decided to go back to college and they're 40 years of age and they're able to make a new career work in jiu-jitsu it's a little harder because your body already kind of doesn't work at that point so you kind of need that um besides your knee oh this is a question besides your knee you're 20 so beside or yeah besides your knee is there any other like nagging injuries or reoccurring painful themes that have uh <laughs> that you feel bother you during your training as of right now or is it oh, pretty right much just now you? oh no it's it's my entire body oh, i've cool. honestly i've probably i think my right knee and my right hip and my ankles are about the only thing that i haven't dislocated or torn or broken something on like so i've dislocated this shoulder a bunch I've, I separated, but this has always bugged me, even like when I was really little. This one, I separated the AC joint and dislocated it a week before Europeans in 2019. And yeah, and then like I've broken my hands a couple times and stuff like that. I've torn my hamstring a bunch of times. Um, I've torn my hip. I have a bulging disc in my back. Like, the list of injuries goes on and on and on and on and on. But a lot of that's also from being a gymnast for 10 years. Wow. Um, okay. I'm sorry I asked, first of all. <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> Jake Force should re- relive all of it. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I'm over here thinking I'm in pain, and then she says all that. I was about to be like, well, you should know that my shoulder hurts. And no, you're way worse off. That is uh, I'm be, be real with you for a second. That sounds like it sucks. Um, You've been pretty you have any, like with injuries, yeah, yeah. right, Jake? Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I uh, at Pan Ams in 2018, I fought Ken Yella Kalhuanai from Brasa CTA, and he partially tore my LCL just overall. And also, I co-run the gym. But, dude, I'm going to be eating, like, on the weekends, dude, it's going to be a problem. It's five days a week cleaning, and then on the weekends, I don't even know. I'm scared, to be honest. I'm a little frightened. We had uh, Alex Cerner on from Electrum Electrum Performance last episode, and he gave Jake the okay to just eat whatever he wants yeah, if he's, he's trying like to my, gain weight. He's my strength coach, uh, Alex. <laughs> we live in Arizona. Alex lives in California. Obviously, he. Uh, those of you who are who listen to the show, uh, Elizabeth Clay, <clears throat> not included. <laughs> uh, just kidding. No, uh, but yeah, he's he's a strength coach for Autos, and he. Um, he told me, he's like, yeah, dude, go for it. Cause obviously you have a hard time getting weight. I was like, all right, cool. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, okay. So strength and conditioning wise, how many days a week do you commit to strength and conditioning? Like during the on season, I would call it three days a week. So it doesn't change whether oh, nice. I'm, I'm competing or not. I just, I lift three days a week, mm-hmm. but I, I normally train seven days a week. Do you power lift at all? I noticed there's like a weird mix of jiu-jitsu competitors who like they only do powerlifting like i'm watching like i don't know you know how like you talk about posting every day man william tackett is lifting every day and like i don't know if that's like too much like for me i can't lift every day i will be done by like wednesday i'll be like dude my body hurts really really bad i can't do this but that kid is eating like i don't know if he has like a freaking food sponsor or what but that kid is eating every day he's posting like crazy amounts of steak and vegetables and like carbs and i'm like dude he's posting every single day him lifting and he's doing like mostly powerlifting do you do mostly powerlifting or are you doing more like isometric strength so for a while i did it was strictly powerlifting that i was doing but then it got to the point like with my knee when i would start lifting over like 215 as far as squatting goes my knee wouldn't hurt that day but it would hurt like the next day and then like when I would start deadlifting close to like 280 or 290 my knee would start wanting to like slide forward and I was like I'm gonna keep lifting because I it's nice to be able to like come into the gym and be like I was lifting this today and then it hit and I was like okay you're being stupid so I do a lot more like kettlebell work now and instead of focusing, like I was doing a lot of like your traditional like powerlifting stuff where it's just like deads, squats, bench, but you don't like have like a proper like arm day and back day and leg day. So I, I break mine up now. I'll have like, I'll do like arms where it's like tries and buys. And then I have like my back day. And then I have, I, I do still do a lot of legs. So I have two leg days. So I have one where I'll focus on the front part of my legs. And then one where I focus like mainly on like hamstrings. And so, but I do a lot of kettlebell stuff now because I feel like I'm able to get strong, but it's not going to bind me up. I feel like powerlifting, it started to like almost like bind me up where I was strong, but it almost wasn't a functional strength anymore. Mm. Almost like you lost some of your flexibility or something like that. Yeah, I, I was still flexible, but I just didn't feel like I moved as well. Like, I was still, like, if I was able to, like, go and stretch, like, I was still flexible. But as far as, like, moving in the actual, like, roles, I just didn't move as well as I was before. Like, I was still really strong. But I was like, this just isn't, like, I I didn't like it as much. And then I was hurting all the time. Like, it hit the point that it wasn't helping me anymore. I was just in pain. And I also think that's something to do with, like, just my body in general. And then, but adding in, like, the 
doing the kettlebell work, like I do a lot of like kettlebell swings as far as like, instead of doing squats, I'll do kettlebell swings. And then, but I still do like your almost more bodybuilding style, but still heavy. Like I, I, I isolate stuff a lot more. Like I'll do the, like the pulls on, on the station one where I'll pull down to focus on my triceps and I'll do that a bunch. But I also, I go as heavy as I can while still maintaining um, proper form. So I'm not going super light, like what a lot of bodybuilders will do. And then where they'll do a ton of reps, like I'll do like 10 reps, but as heavy as I can trying to like Mm. kill, killing the muscle, but still like focusing on every little muscle instead of just, okay, I'm just going to squat and deadlift and do bench and that's it. I kind of want to get like both your takes on this. Cause I feel like in jujitsu, like Jake said, a lot of people are into powerlifting. Some people are like strictly into kettlebells. Some people do like bodybuilding style workouts. Do you feel like it's more about like what each individual needs more so than like, there's one methodology that everyone should be using. That's like best for jujitsu. Yeah. I think it depends on your game as well. Like I'm not as explosive in my game. Um, so I don't need to have like, some people like doing Olympic style workouts. I hate like Olympic style lift workouts. You, you, you can't make me do a snatch or a clean or like, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. But I think for people that want to have a more explosive game, I, or they, they have a more explosive game. I think that style is great. I think like, and everybody's body is different on top of it. So it's not even just game as far as what's better for people. I think it's as far as like their body specifically as well and what they need added to like supplement with their body yeah as far as it goes for me uh i've really transitioned like i used to not really believe in my passing very much Uh, i used to be mostly guard player um most of like the isometric strength i like to really focus on in my game that i think is very important is all around leg strength i and, and and hip strength is very important for me um i believe that it's very important to have a good posture uh and <clears throat> the grips like you really got to have good good grip cardio like grip strength is important but mostly grip cardio is because that's the thing that burns out the most uh and in my game now i'm really becoming confident in my passing so it's not a lot of explosion it's just a lot of like being able to hold like if i can if i can get a head control and hold it and hold it strong then that is going to benefit me a lot uh i don't really like olympic lifting either i don't like power cleaning i don't like uh you know power snatching like that this is not my i used to do that and it's not my thing uh and besides i haven't really ever gained weight lifting i've gotten stronger but i've like i really believe in in uh pull-ups and i believe in electrum performance the the, uh the company that sponsors us and uh no but i really do i wouldn't i would never endorse something i don't believe in um but yeah i feel like that's just what has really benefited me and uh, as far as my game goes, that's where it's the direction it's headed. It's just a lot of isometric holds and stuff like that. All right. Well, just looking at the time right now, we've taken about an hour and 15 minutes of your time. So we want to be respectful. And, uh, and yeah, so is there any, uh, like, sponsors or any events you want to plug or anything like that? Not really. Just plug my uh, sponsor, Zebra Mats. That's about it. Sponsor my Zebra Mats? Yeah. It's crazy. That's a cool sponsor. That is a cool sponsor. They send you yeah, custom masks wherever like, you're at. If I ask. I've been sponsored by them for like three years now. Yeah, like three years. Oof. Three and a half years. So you know Tim Caballero? Mm-hmm. 
Tim Caballero. He sponsored me at one point with uh, Kings. But you can, you guys can also follow her at Elizabeth Clay BJJ, all lowercase, no spaces. Uh, and it's not a Z, it's a S, by the way, in Elizabeth. Uh, follow her on Instagram. She has 13.8 million, but you, she could always use more. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Working she's doing towards great a things. billion. We're definitely, yes. Hey, listen, you're almost at 100,000. You're only 80,000 away. Uh, 87,000 away. But yeah, follow her. She's doing awesome stuff. Uh, we definitely, I mean, we, we know that she's been doing uh, all the fight to win and all the super fight scenes so well. And we've been waiting to, we've been looking to have you on. We've just been looking for an opportunity. We've been doing a lot of different interviews, a lot of different people. So it's great to finally make it happen. And uh, <clears throat> we are now going to do an electric performance ad without text-to-speech. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to get too intense with it. Um, my brain hurts. Uh, election performance has a discount code you can use to not be weak and skinny anymore. You can be thick and mean and lean and swole and smart even. You can get the girl <laughs> of your dreams and you won't be the subject of any memes. So just use uh, the discount code OpenGuardCast25. Get thick. Do some lifting. Uh, if you want to be even marginally more attractive, this is going to help you. I'm telling you. So OpenGuardCast25. Election performance are the guys you need to go to to get strength advice. Um, yeah, be sure to follow Elizabeth Clay, follow Open Guard Cast. Thank you to our sponsors, Agro Brand, High Tier Photography, Chill Fit Cryo, Marcio Andre Academy, Matakaba BJJ, Break New Ground, Danny O'Donnell, and the Fountain of Youth that he's sponsored by. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks Danny, you have me. nothing else to say? Take us out of here. I just hit my mic. <laughs> All right, thanks everyone for listening. That was episode 40, and we'll be back next week with another episode. God bless.